0: We would be honored if you would join us. All right, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Dungeon Crawlers, where we have returned. Well, we're still not quite up to full power, because Alton, unfortunately, is not here. I know we we made some promises about some format changes, but we are not quite doing that, because Alton has been feeling a little under the weather, and we want to do that with him. But we have, yet again, Matthew returning. Coming in as our pitch hitter. Yay! Uh, Hello!
1: Oh, hello everybody. This is Matthew not good enough for the new format Krebs. Nice
0: to meet you. <laughs> I,
2: Ma- Matthew Krebs not an actual host.
0: <laughs> <laughs> wow. There is no brotherly love going on there. Um but more importantly, more importantly, we have Kim um on the show with us to talk about her Kickstarter uh Fur Haven. So, Hi. we're going to talk about th- this evening. Um and I skipped your last name because I don't want to botch it, and I forgot to ask. It. <laughs> Bori. It's what?
3: Bori. Bori. Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: All right. I would have botched it because that's not how I would have pronounced it. <laughs>
3: that's okay. Everybody else botches it too. <laughs> All
0: right. Well, see, see, that's the good thing. Uh, I, instead of botching it, I let you do it because if you botch it, that would be scary.
3: <laughs> yeah, I know. It, it yes. took a couple years for me to not give my maiden name. Yeah, pretty bad.
0: <laughs> yes. So I I mean, you've got this really exciting Kickstarter. It's it's going on right now. You're close to filling it. So we want to let our listeners know because a lot of our listeners do play games, you know, whether it's board games, card games, uh, role playing games, which um, which a lot of us love. I mean, I know all three of us as hosts have played it. I'm assuming you have played uh, role-playing games, because uh, why else would you build one if you haven't? Uh, <laughs> and this one has a fun, unique feel to it, uh, which will appeal, you know, to gamers, to f- people uh, with children and stuff like that that are wanting to teach their kids. Um, so tell us a little bit about Fur Haven. Sure. Uh, so
3: Fur Haven is in the world of Aloria and this is a, um, 300 years ago. Uh, two moons collided in the sky and it pockmarked the world of Lorien, raised the oceans and totally wiped out the dragons. And that gave um, an opportunity for kind of the smaller species to kind of rise up and develop their civilizations. Um, And since that time, they've had wars and Um, finally, uh, 12 years ago, they had a peace treaty and, um, our characters, we have some characters that grew up in a pretty boring world with all these great stories of their grandfathers and, you know, warriors, and they've been wanting to live that life, but haven't had the opportunity quite yet. Uh, and, um, this, um, I'm, we're splitting the um, storyline into kind of two, two experiences. One is a 5e book that has all the rule sets, everything you need to play any animal type uh, in the world of Aloria, And then we have a boxed RPG, which is designed for a GM to take uh, beginner players uh, through, through the world of Aloria, starting at level zero. And the world kind of slowly opens up as they they level up gathering uh, equipment and spells and abilities.
2: That sounds fascinating. Um, So tell us a little bit about your background for just a minute, because building an RPG, building a consummate RPG is no trivial task.
3: No, it's not.
2: (laughs) What is your background like and how has it prepared you for this project?
3: Oh, that's a good question. Um, so I've been a visual designer for 23 years. Um, you know, we've all ridden all the crazy things in this industry. And I mean, I started when the, the you know, dot, the, the um, dot-com bust was something people were really worried about. And um, I started out doing uh, layout uh in for books and moved on to uh you know web products and then um I, I was hired on at ea games um gosh 7 8 years ago 9 years ago and uh worked on Tetris Blitz and The Sims and Minions Paradise and a bunch of Hasbro products and um it, i love games and i'm really grateful i had that opportunity cuz Um, I was kind of a World of Warcraft nerd. And that was my ultimate dream was to work on games. Um, But I worked on a lot of interface work, uh, lots of icons and buttons. (laughs) (laughs) And also trying to make sure that the experience was a really solid, easy to use experience.
2: So UI UX is, is primarily the area mm-hmm. that you worked in when you were at EA. Correct. And uh how did how how did that work its way in or how did that experience help you as you're designing Fate's End for Haven? Well,
3: I mean, it's anytime you have a big world or a big product, you have to make sure that there's a really solid process uh as far as making sure all the assets are, you know, like I had I hired artists months and months and months ago. I've been working with an author, uh, a writer uh, for the last eight months, making sure everything's ready by the time we launched this campaign. So all that experience has just taught me you have to have a process. You have to have a very clear view of what the product is, what the schedule is, what the budget is, and then build around that to make sure it's really ready to go.
2: What were some of like the largest obstacles, maybe even the largest obstacle in getting your game as far as it, as far as it has come uh, getting your game to Kickstarter, what was Um, the hardest thing that you had to overcome?
3: Uh, really time. Um, that's always a struggle is, you know, like I've got two little kids. I got a, a two-year-old and a five-year-old. So And I work full-time and my husband works full-time. So um, there's been many nights where I put the kids to bed and come down and work until I can't work anymore. And there's been many mornings where I wake up at five and come down and and get to work. I mean, outside of my typical job, like this is something that I've been building for a year just on the side.
2: Now, do you have any partners in this endeavor?
3: I do. Um, I have a great writer named Nathan Summerson, um, And my um, I have an assistant who I hired at uh, last in my last Kickstarter campaign. And she's been learning how to model and how to help me market and all that.
1: So tell me about this uh, collaborative process. You've got these other people that you're working with. What's the collaboration been like as far as how the ideas come out the other end? It sounds like you're driving a lot of this, but you're working with these people yeah. and their contributions. How does that affect the ideas when they come out?
3: Oh, it's great. I, I love working as a team. Um, I have a lot of big ideas. A lot of this is stuff that's been percolating in my brain for a long time. But um, I love it because I'll, I'll bring an idea to Nathan and he'll take it and he'll twist it a little bit and just make something even better. Um, but we work a lot over like Discord. We work, you know, we have a lot of shared documents that we um, kind of pass back and forth. Um, he's been great because I, I forget all the nuances sometimes of 5e <laughs> and he is completely embedded. And, you know, he's an old school player. He's been playing for a super long time. Um, so there might be something I have an idea of. And he's like, but what about the deities? And what about the Bardic College? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so that's been really helpful. Like he's, he's definitely kept it true to 5e and making sure that we had like everything um, kind of pre-planned <laughs> so he could, he could write the book
0: to completion nice so I I just want to kind of clarify for some of our our listeners this is kind of a unique experience because it's not just one product you you've got three different products bundled in here uh, the box beginner RPG uh, kind of standalone game set for those that have never really kind of played they can jump in you've got the 5e compatible book uh, and this isn't a small slim book. This is 250 pages. Yeah. Uh, it, it, you know, the cover looks stunning. So I'm assuming the, the artwork inside is just going to be just as amazing, especially with all the, the cool little uh, critters that I, I, I'm seeing. And then you have the 3d printables, which yeah. I mean, I love RPG, man. I love to print minis yeah. and then paint them. And these, you know, and you kind of mentioned it earlier, but these really have a vibe like Robin Hood, the, the Disney cartoon. Yeah. You know, there's this uh, this is a hedgehog that has a little bow and arrow with his quiver. And it's just like, man, that would be really fun uh, yeah. to, to print that and paint that. Yeah. So this is fantastic the way this is. But, you know, it's like you've got a little bit of everything here. You know, you don't have to get it all, but you can do a little bit here and there. And uh, something else that I think is kind of unique about
2: this particular Kickstarter, I'm looking at the uh, Kickstarter listing. And what really impresses me is the quantity of free samples that you have for this game. Tell us a little bit about the free offerings that you have.
3: Sure, yeah. Um, So uh, for those of you who have 3D printers or know someone who owes you 3D printed items, Uh, we have a, (laughs) we have a, uh, assassin's tea kettle, um, which is magical. It can pour three different liquids. Uh, so in one of our storylines, you might come across an alchemist, um, and you might end up with their tea kettle for some reason. (laughs) (laughs) Um, we also have a free, uh, one shot. Uh, where you, it, it has all the characters, the pre, uh, pre-made characters uh, on the last couple pages. but you can take them through kind of uh, the beginning area um, as the mysteries uh, there's some major mysteries that start to unfold in their little area called Daisy Shire. And as they investigate, they'll be finding more more strange things. Uh, and as you play through the, the overall arcing story in the book or in the RPG, you'll find out why these things are happening. But this is just a teaser to kind of get started.
0: I, I love how you have not only the characters, but you have some of the artifacts that, to be printed out, um, you know, playing board games. You know, as you play it through it, it's kind of the fun thing. Be, oh, I, I got this or I got that. So you're kind of mixing that element in with our role playing. So that's kind of fun. Yeah. That, I like
3: stuff. I like toys. <laughs> I,
2: I like uh, the other uh, printables that you have listed here too. Like, like you were saying, Daniel, uh, on your Kickstarter campaign, you already have listed, it looks like at least 30 different printables or, or um, things that you can craft and construct from the files that you've included. Uh, it, it's, it's pretty fantastic. It's pretty amazing.
1: You know, one of the things I'm loving about this is the story. Uh, you're you're kind of. This is the way that the first novel of a good fantasy series starts out. It's very approachable. It's very easy to get into, but it hints at a much larger world, yeah. and. Uh, we've all read a bunch of fantasy stuff we've got a bunch of authors that are trying to to get out there sometimes you get to read their stuff and they have these great visions of creating the next epic fantasy or they want to be tolkien-esque and they got to build the entire world in the first novel
4: and it just it's overwhelming
1: <laughs> um and and so the ones who really do it well are are kind of like what you're describing. Let's get you into this. Let's add a little bit at a time yeah. to get you in there. And there are other things that are happening, but that's a story we'll tell another time. Let's yeah. focus on what's happening right here. So I, I love all this. And the question I've got for you, though, is with 5e and, and, you know, other Dungeons and Dragons type settings, you've got, you can apply it. The idea is you're supposed to be able to apply it to, you know, as far as your imagination can take you yeah so in this case your imagination took you to fur haven yeah what was the inspiration how Uh, did you get all this put together why did you go this direction in particular
3: that's a good question you know um i i love cute characters uh like uh zootopia um definitely the the disney's um uh, robin hood i i I always loved that cartoon. I grew up with it. I just, I always liked the chicken. <laughs> <laughs> she was one of my favorites. And I, it's just, I felt like no one was catering to the big kids to even, even kids 10 and up. No one was really catering to, to them in this way. Um, and, you know, I have my, my little boys, they're little, they're too young for this but eventually someday I wanna take them through. And I kind of built this game, um, this world, as if my niece, uh, my brother's youngest, was playing it with him. He's a big D&D player um, and definitely 5E was too thick for her to understand, but I could totally see her playing um, the hedgehog, who's named Harper. I could totally see her playing, playing that character and understanding and connecting with it in a different way than maybe something a little more complex or even outside of her, her immediate understanding.
0: I think my found my new favorite character in this, it's the, it, it, it looks like a rogue but it's a
1: skunk. Yes. Like, oh my <laughs> gosh.
0: See? You know, it's funny you should mention that because you talk about
1: Zootopia and I was thinking that too, and I wasn't going to draw the illusion, but I keep the, the little hedgehog guy. For some reason, I keep thinking of the uh, mafia boss from Zootopia. Oh, yeah. And oh, so there's got,
4: talking about. <laughs> there's got to be a
1: quest in here where you have to trick the mafia boss yeah. into buying your skunk butt rug. You know, that that's what
0: I want to see
4: in this. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> Well, all that,
0: I mean, I'm a skunk and a rogue. I mean, I have to have an amazing stealth check. (laughs) (laughs) Did you smell
1: something? Um, Nope, not me. (laughs) So,
3: Sage has a special ability called gaseous vapor. Mm. (laughs) the problem is is when when sage uses this ability no one can be around that space for a certain amount of time
0: well even better just gives me more time (laughs) to plunder Yep, exactly ninja vanish
1: yeah you know i i love what you were talking about about your kids because for the as soon as i learned how to play D &D, and i was running some campaigns as an adult with a bunch of other overgrown kids (laughs) i kept thinking you know the best thing about this is it develops your imagination and wow. as I raise my own kids, I'm realizing that with all the electronic opportunities they have today that we didn't have back then, not that I didn't go crazy over the Atari 2600 like everybody or the Commodore did, 64 or that, <laughs> uh, but you still spend a lot of your time with a stick pretending it was a sword or yep. in Daniel's case, a lightsaber and bashing your <laughs> friends. Around with that, right? You had to make things up. You had yeah. action figures, you had your G.I. Joe and your Transformers. There were whole stories and there was drama there. You were using yeah. your imagination. And mm-hmm. with these RPGs, I was always thinking the great thing about this is you have to imagine so many things. Not only that, but you have to put yourself in somebody else's shoes. You get the opportunity to be somebody else. And I yeah. thought, this is the kind of thing I want children, even young children, yeah. to be able to do. And this game that you that you're uh, doing right here is like, yes, finally, because I I don't have the patience to teach a, a D twenty system or five E or something right, to yeah. a little child. Oh, and it's so it's
3: so complex and it's ah, wonderful.
1: It's but, a complete open sandbox, but yeah. <laughs> but man, yes, let's let's have more games like this that spark the imagination because what's gonna happen to that child when they grow up? If they grew up without any imagination, you know, they, are, this is tax season. I'm thinking IRS, they go work for the IRS, right? No personality. <laughs> but if you, I just said that and now I'm going to get audited this year. Right. Um, <laughs> but the people who have uh, the imagination and stuff, well, they become the Elon Musks, the ones who imagined it and then made it happen. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, the great thing about, you kind of hit on it, uh, role playing, you know, um, I never realized it until you know later in, when I got older and started writing myself and got my own books published. Writing all those adventure stories was me practicing my writing. So uh-huh. for people out there, uh, you know, GMs and stuff like that, DMs, whatever you want to call yourself, uh, that's what it is. It really is storytelling, and it's developing that skill. You know, and it is a skill you have to develop. It's not just something you're born with. You
4: know,
0: yeah. uh, you know, people can go out there and say, wow, yeah, no, you were just born with this talent to, to write and tell stories. We're all storytellers to a point, but to develop to a point, like, you know, Brandon Sanderson or Dave Farland or, uh, Bob Salvatore, Tracy Hickman, those guys, um, or even Kate Elliott that was on the show a few weeks ago, they have written over and over and over and developed that skill. Yeah. It's the same thing. I mean, you know, you, you as an example, all of your stuff with EA and all the other places you've worked has brought you to this point. So, uh, it's a great medium to be able to, to do these things. And even if it is, you know, wow, I love, you know, why I, I, and I've had several players that they love drawing characters out, you know, and as we're playing, they draw characters for all the, everyone's characters, uh, and that's developing that's gone, you know, they could use it for, artwork in these in these games design yeah. so it's, it's, it's amazing but this is fun uh, I don't know why but I really want to play the skunk
3: <laughs> well, I do. it's a fun character yeah and, so-
0: and I know I know I'm gonna go into a room and I'm just gonna Poof! it's gonna be green gas <laughs> everywhere everyone has to run and I'm just gonna go look at all that treasure
1: <laughs> nobody startle the rogue please <laughs> yes.
0: I think that'd be great
2: to play the rogue with, like oh, a man. nervous or an anxious condition. Oh. I think that'd be fantastic. Oh, I love that. You I love
4: that.
0: Be
2: a um, super anxious oh. rogue. So, so let me ask you. i mean, following this line of, of of thought here. You sit down in the room, and you're not the GM, and you get to play. Which character or character Whoa. type are you most interested in playing?
3: Oh, oh man, that's a hard one. Oh man, I'm. I'm currently playing an artificer and that's fun, but um, I like rangers. I like, I like rogues. Rogues get to do all the, the sneaky stuff. Yeah. They get to be in front and kind of figure out the strategy. And I, I do like, I do, I do like rogues for sure. Yeah. And the dodge, the dodge is great.
2: Now the, the, the world that you've built here, I mean, when we look at the art, it's very sort of modern cutesy without being, um, without being overly childish in my opinion, but it's still sort of this, you know, cutesy, beautiful art, but RPGs can be whatever you want them to be. Right. Like, so, so it can range the gamut of really gentle Muppet babies type adventures, Yeah all the way to, I mean, we could take these critters and we could put them through the Witcher three, right? So for, but you know, that's typically up to the GM in terms of the world that you've built, the way that you've described it in the book, what would you say is sort of the darkest or most foreboding, maybe the most dramatic element of this world that you've built?
3: Oh, that's a hard one. I don't want to give too much away. Okay. But um... no spoilers. No spoilers. Okay. So, uh, there are demons, there mm-hmm. are arachnids, uh, there are evil elementals that have been stirred up. Um, there's undead there's, uh, there's a group that are trying to resurrect an ancient dragon, uh, called the order of the bones. And, uh, they're trying to bring back dragon rule uh they're part of the we have three different groups or four different groups there's the furs the feathers the scales and the fibs and fibs are kind of like the awkward ones that are not usually invited to the party kind of thing (laughs) they don't really know what to do with them but the scales the uh more specifically the slithers they were the they were the ones who worshiped and who revered the dragons Um, but, uh, when the fire rains descended and the dragons were wiped out, um, the, their loss of control, uh, you know, they've experienced that loss of control, you know, 300 years ago. Mm -hmm. So they've been secretly a group of them have been trying to resurrect the, the dragon to take control of the land once more, but there's some darker stuff, (laughs) um, definitely in the book. Um. Yeah, and, and I mean, we're trying to keep the, the, the box RPG a little lighter, um, but it, I mean, if someone got the book and got the, the boxed game, they could take the entirety of the story and take their beginner players through kind of past where we'll kind of lead them into the bigger story.
2: And that kind of leads me to a second question I had on my mind, which is in the world that you've built, are there any natural alliances or, um, animosities?
3: Yes, definitely. So the feathers, uh, they gained they've gained control over the land of Aloria. Um, they, so this, this landmass they live on is isolated, um, and they've had wars, uh, for, for centuries. And finally the, the, the scales and the slithers kind of went uh, west to kind of stay in their own land. And the feathers have kind of been spreading out and trying to control everything. And um, use of magic isn't really allowed by anyone except the feathers. And you know, there's groups that practice magic and secrets and um, our, 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 our uh, characters that we start out with are actually furs, they're younglings. And they've only seen a scale every once in a while through traveling carnivals or such. Um, so they they do start with kind of the perspective that um, the feathers are the bosses; they're in charge. They're you know they're the wealthy, uh, and the 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 slithers the 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 um, the scales are the bad guys. Nice,
2: and then finally. Uh thinking on 5e as a system you mentioned earlier that uh, you have sort of a an associate who's an expert on the system and helps to remind you of certain mechanics Yes. Yeah. was there anything in the 5e system that you found to be problematic or impacting your mm-hmm. fun that you sought to remedy with this system
3: uh um, i love i love playing 5e i love it it is complicated <laughs> Um, it is the, and that's actually why I made the RPG was because Five E is so much for new new players mm-hmm. uh, just starting out making characters with all the stats and everything. Um, but to answer your question specifically, um, no, I mean it's it's a lot to consider. I mean just just the mental. The mental gymnastics to make sure everything was there definitely took a lot of time and a lot of planning. Uh, so I would say that was just the difficulty, just because it is com- complicated, complex.
4: Fair
1: enough. So you're uh, so you've got a uh, computer sci- computer programming background, right?
3: Uh, the visual uh, visual side, yeah, um, graphic design, UI design, right, 3D modeling.
1: And, and you talked about a process that you went through developing this, and a lot, of, a lot of aspects of computer science involve a very procedural way of thinking. I need to do this, it touches all these other things, yeah. and we need to have, uh, we're, we're going to go hit them all in order and make sure that this change propagates out or, or whatever. Um, so in the process of developing this uh, for the 5E system, did you find that... That kind of thinking, you know, kind of that computer those, those computer science patterns you applied in this game as you were developing it?
3: Hmm, that's a good question. Um, well, and I'll, maybe I'll just my process was just it was simple. It was just starting with ideas and then slowly building out the story and then and then tying the, the 5e system into it. Uh, and you know, rewriting little bits of it so it fits. Um, at least that was my process. Um, I mean, I'm an artist, so a lot of it is 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 um, buckshot ideas that then I kind of categorize, categorize and kind of clean up and then kind of plug <laughs> into it. And then if it doesn't quite fit, we have to kind of rework it a little bit.
1: Yeah. I I think I get what you're saying, because a lot of times in computer science, it's the same way. We get a bunch of chaos. They're usually called requirements, uh, but it's a (laughs) bunch of chaos. And you have to reorganize them, restructure them to form some kind of order.
4: Yeah.
1: And so a lot of times the job is creating order from chaos. Yeah. And, and, and with this system and previous versions, uh, I, I, going through these things, I felt the same pain that you did. There's so many stats to keep track of. And this thing influences that thing. And if you've got enough ranks in this skill, yeah. you get a bonus to that skill. And inevitably I got tired of doing that on pencil and paper and catching my errors. And, <laughs> yeah. and so we'd have to, we'd, we'd write something, a computer program an Excel sheet or something where we would have a digitized Uh, A character sheet. So that was kind of what I was thinking of when you were talking about processes and adapting this for five E, that kind of stuff.
3: Well, and I will say real quickly that chaos and order is very much a theme in in the entirety of the storyline in
1: our world. Interesting. All right.
2: Uh, Now, what's interesting to me too is I behind the scenes, uh, I know a little bit, a little bit. This is actually the first time that you and I are meeting, but I still know a little bit about your background as a creative because uh i think it's been two years now you have been crafting creating and selling a product at my personal favorite game store uh what (laughs) what is it that 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 you've been designing for a couple years
3: oh yeah so um fate's end actually started out as Um, so two years ago, um, I (laughs) just a little back back backstory. I had some client work fell through and I was like, crap, we don't have any money. Let's model three printable dice towers and put that on Kickstarter. And my husband was like, what? (laughs) I'm like, just let's try it. (laughs) He thought I was crazy. And, (laughs) you know, he let my, let me do my thing. (laughs) And luckily it was a really, it was a big success. Um, it did quite well. We we started out with kind of um, fantasy themed dice towers. Um, most of them were uh, class-based. You know, we had a rogue tower and we had mm-hmm. a fighter tower, et cetera. And then last year I did kind of more of a, a Terra and Cosmos a duality uh, campaign. So it was uh, sci-fi and it was worlds, um, civilizations with pyramids and, um, Mayan temples and stuff like that. And it did well, um, as well. Um, and after that, I was, I kind of wanted to put more meat into the stuff I was working on. So Fur Haven kind of was developing in the back of my head while I was modeling 72
1: dice towers,
2: (laughs) which is uh, incredible.
1: Yeah, so, baby. wait a second. I'm just making the connection here. Those cool multicolored dice towers hanging around Mythos, that's you? That's
4: me. That's oh, her.
1: my word. So, that's- yeah, if if any of our listeners are in Utah, especially the Salt Lake County area, you uh, you have got to swing by the store and see these because they are amazing <laughs> in the you. detail and the color. I was, I, I was going around the store kind of like an Easter egg hunt, trying to find all the different ones because they're decorating <laughs> different things. And uh, my daughter almost uh, twisted my arm enough, you know, the little daughter puppy dog eyes, to yeah. uh, to uh, get one for. Her. I said, but I've already got a stack of games. The credit <laughs> card is groaning. Um, you know, there, for your birthday, for your birthday, we'll get some.
3: There is an alicorn one
1: well you just sunk my credit card thank you so yes when my daughter finds out about that we're we're going to have to get one of those so she's got a birthday coming up i think she's going to be graced with some uh, dice towers here uh, but if the people aren't in utah is there some place that they can purchase these from yeah
3: so i have a fairly large network of merchants uh throughout the united states uh throughout the world actually And a lot of them sell in local game stores. A lot of them are are on Etsy. Um, I also, on Fatesend.net, I have uh, renders or pictures of all the towers so they can see them there.
2: Fatesend.net.
3: Yeah. Lots of dice gels too. So if your (laughs) dice is being bad, you can put it in a timeout chair with a little dunce cap.
1: Love it. I need one of those. I I might need like four or five of those. Everyone.
2: (laughs) Yeah, there is, if you you guys go, uh, Crawlers, if you go to fatesend.net and you scroll down almost to the bottom of the page, there is this lovely picture of Kim holding a purple dice tower, but backed by a number of other dice towers. What I love about your dice towers is that they are non-trivial in their detail. They have extremely high detail. The roofs have shingles. Uh, The ground has debris and detritus. and, And yet there is still plenty of room for your dice to roll. And what I like about that sort of like uneven surface is how it introduces additional randomness and 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 friction and and obstacles like it it plays with the the very real world physics that we live in this is this is the most brilliant simulation the frame rates are crazy but uh but you drop the dice in the tower and the tower itself is not just is not just you know two or three ramps and then an output it's it's those things and it's all these textures and details which all have some impact on uh, which most have impact on the way the die rolls so super duper cool that's what stuck out in my mind when you and I first met was like, oh, I've seen these insanely detailed dice towers. And again, these are the kinds of things that you've designed for the Kickstarter yeah. for the printables, which, it, which just encourages me more. Like, in other words, it increases my faith in the quality of the minis that we're going to print out because your Thank design, you. <laughs> your design acumen is so strong.
3: Thank you very much. And, and I will one, I will touch on the dice towers. Just one additional thing for those of you who 3d print these print without supports.
4: Oh, that's
2: at. hot.
3: Because I hate supports.
2: So I think much. we all hate supports. <laughs> okay. So, and then one other thing I want to touch on is you, you, the reason I brought the Dice Towers is because this is not your first foray into 3D modeling no. at, at like a professional level, but also crafting Furhaven is not your first foray into designing an RPG either. So like there's another RPG that you're associated with. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us, uh, yeah. tell us a little bit about that.
3: So uh, we have really nice neighbors that we've been friends with for eight years and uh, they came to us and said, Hey, we want to do a Kickstarter campaign. And we said, sure, we'd love to help with that. So I did all the, the visual design work, all the art direction, the video work, et cetera. But uh, the project was called Sky Raiders. <laughs> what?
2: <laughs> for uh, crawlers, for those of you who don't remember, Sky Raiders is the RPG created by Tracy and Lauren Hickman.
3: And they're amazing. They're the kindest people. I love working with them. They are
2: amazing humans.
3: We're lucky enough to be friends with them. I mean, they they they've been good friends to us for a long time, and it's been fun because I. I'm a nerd. (laughs) (laughs) And I, I will say this, um, years ago, I was walking around the daybreak lake with Laura and I was like, my birthday's coming up and all I want is to play dungeons and dragons. No one's ever invited me to play dungeons and dragons. And she looks at me, she goes, do you know, we invented that in our basement. And I'm like, I have, I, 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 Oh, I thought you had something to do with it, but I didn't
2: know that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was actually super surprised during yeah. our interview with them before Christmas uh, to find out that Laura is the reason that Tracy even got into D&D in the first place. Oh, isn't
3: that amazing?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. so so Tracy Tracy built his entire career around a hot chick.
3: Yeah.
2: Right? Like that's that's <laughs> that's how this all is. went.
3: I will say it she is a lovely
2: is. she is lovely. <laughs> She is, she's a lovely human in every respect.
3: (laughs) I agree completely. They're good people.
2: So for this Kickstarter, what is your goal?
3: Uh, So we, my, my goal financially
2: or. Yeah. yeah, Well, let's split that up into a few things. Let's talk about the financial goal, (laughs) which they can find out just by going to the site, but just tell us anyway.
3: Sure. Yeah. Uh, We're trying to raise 60,000. We're so close. We're almost there. Um yeah, I mean there's a lot of art, there's a lot of assets, uh, there's a lot of printing costs, um, and a lot of costs as far as time goes. Um, me and and Abelie, who um, I mentioned earlier, she's we we both model and you know it's gonna take us a great deal of time to to model the 35 amazing things that we've promised. And um, we need to make sure that all of our costs are covered so we can feed our families. <laughs> <laughs> so I can pay Avilee and I can still feed my families. So um, I'm really excited about it though. Well, I, and, this is something I just, oh, I just love it.
2: And in all honesty, I mean, what you're asking for in terms of Kickstarter revenue is a really kind of a modest, humble amount. It, and at, at the time of this recording. You're like 97% funded so at close. this point. Yeah. So so we're we're yeah. we are literally about three percent away from being funded. And yeah. at the time of this recording, there's exactly three weeks left to go. Yeah. So we've got plenty of time to not only hit the funding, but to also hit the stretch goals. Guys, at home, the stretch goals include more printables. It's yes. really pretty amazing. Yeah. Uh the we, stuff that they have on. We've
3: offered. got some scary bad guys
0: scary bad guys <laughs> not
3: because cute fuzzy critters there's some there's some wicked cool looking bad guys in here too
0: so Love this it. is a really cool thing is you've got several different levels so you have digit levels that just give you digital content which is good you know um and you're not going to be spending tons of money i mean 17 20 bucks you're in um if you want the principles 30 bucks and then it just keeps going up from there. Uh, you know, If you want physical copies, yes, it's a little bit more expensive. Obviously, it's a physical copy. Um, and on it, this, it's not crazy what you're asking. Yes, I mean, you have some higher-end stuff that yeah. really gives you some cool stuff, uh, especially with merchants and things like that. But you're, you're really close. You're yeah. 97%. It, you have it's have great amazing content. To
1: me. It's, it's amazing to me the stuff that you're that you're giving away. For these different levels um this is a very generous kickstarter yeah it is it is
0: and and it's fun i mean you've got this element it's it's like you know a disney cartoon meets D &D, and you can have fun in that and play in that i mean even me is is i mean i've been playing i've been role playing for 32 years um and this sounds exciting because i can go into a world where everything's animals and I can have the big vulture, bad guy. Cause yes. you know, vultures are bad guys. <laughs> I'm a little sad that the good dragons are dead because dragons are awesome.
3: They are right? awesome. Hey,
0: when you're the GM, the good dragons can secretly be alive. Maybe, maybe, but I, but I, I and I know I've said this before, but I really want to play a skunk. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think hate skunks, but it's so awesome. We should make an
2: entire guild of the most repugnant or awkward animals, oh, right?
0: Oh, that
3: would be amazing. I will say that the last character on my, my stretch goal list is, I'm going to say it wrong, a a lox, a, lox, a, lox, a uh, oh, axolotl. Axolotl.
2: axolotl. Axolotl.
3: It's an axolotl wizard named Sparks. <laughs>
2: I, see, I would like to make an axolotl a villain, but oh, because they're always smiling, yeah. I always want them to speak in like a happy, yeah. goofy way. Be like, Literally. well, hey, everybody, Ow. I'm going to turn you to cinders. And oh, then just right? like, cast yeah. a spell and be like, oh no, I'm in <laughs> trouble. You know, just like the whole time. Doesn't matter
0: what they do. That's I how they're going to talk. I just, <laughs> I just came up with the perfect idea for a skunk rug. I love it. I, I don't have a name yet. Okay. But he's got a twitch. Every time he lies, he has a twitch. Oh, but oh, unfortunately, no. every time he has the eye twitch, he lets a little bit of a skunk juice out. Just a little. Oh, just a it. little. The like worse the lie, lie, the more skunk juice comes
2: out. I love everything about that. Actually, I think... Oh, my gosh. I, I, I we think, need to get this I think, game I
0: think, to do this and, and film it.
2: I think that you should have a character who's... I, you should have the skunk rogue. Uh-huh. But the, 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 the glands, the, the skunk glands... Are are blocked. They don't work because there is something that you have to achieve. Like there's something psychological going on with your character that you have Mm -hmm. to unlock before you can really unleash your full potential.
0: That's why I have the. That's why I have the squirts. That's (laughs) just just little, just little bits.
3: Oh, can you guys just take that one line and just play it?
0: (laughs) Yes,
2: absolutely. That's why I. That's why I have the squirts. That's going to become a soundbite. It's going to become a soundbite. Sticker. hashtag that's why I have the squirts
0: uh, um I do oh. want to
3: touch on just two more more things about this product um yes I love using D&D as a teaching tool and eventually I'm really hoping that this becomes a tool to teach kids um and and outside of that I also designed the beginner RPG for so in my situation I'm the D&D nerd <laughs> And my husband isn't, and I really want him to play. (laughs) So in my case, it would teach him how to play it. So then we can play the kind of the bigger world together. Um, but I did play this too. So, you know, like a husband or a wife and like in my situation can, can bring their spouse into their, um, into their passion and teach them how to play without it being overwhelming and stressful. Um, I mean, and, and then the book, the book is so big and beautiful and they can just dive right into it once they understand all the the complexities.
1: Absolutely. I
2: love that. I love that so much. Um, The thing that I love about playing any game is the cooperative nature. I I've, I've kind of gotten over competitive aspects of games, although I'll still play them sometimes, (laughs) but I like cooperative, especially with families at the very start of the pandemic. um, My. Uh, my wife and I got together with our two children at the time, ages five and eight. And we started playing my favorite RPG together for the very first time. And I love, I love love that you've created a world that invites that kind of familial togetherness. So thank you very much for doing that. You're pretty amazing. Thank you for your time and your efforts and your talents. And, uh, and with that, Daniel, I noticed that we're running out of time, but Do we have time for a lightning round? Yes.
0: We always have time for a lightning round, but I don't think Kim's prepared for this. So she's just going to have to go with it. Okay. That's the way Read we like on. to do it. You see
2: here on Dungeon Crawler's radio, we do tend to have a lightning round with our guests. The lightning round is very, very simple. I ask you a few questions. I don't want you to think about it very much. I just want you to give me the very first answer that pops into your head and okay. don't worry. There are, there are very few wrong answers. Here we go. No, all right. Wrong answer. So here we go. Uh, very. Are, are, are you ready, first of all? Are all you right. ready? Do okay. It. All right. Here we go. Other than RPGs, what is your favorite tabletop game?
3: <gasps> oh,
2: um dice throne. Dice
4: throne. I love that game. I thought you were gonna say
2: Dice Forge. Dice Forge is also good, but Dice Throne, i to check out Dice Throne. Oh, what's your favorite color?
4: Blue.
2: Are you a pet person? Yes. Dogs or cats?
3: Dogs, cats, birds.
2: Uh, oh, we got to take your first answer. I'm so sorry. In that uh, order. <laughs> furs, feathers, and scales. Here we go. Um, because secretly cats are reptiles. No,
0: uh, all right, so uh, they're just secretly alien master overlords. Yes, when you have a, own everything. <laughs> uh,
2: when you have a chance to have like your perfect meal, what's your favorite entree?
3: Oh, ramen noodles—the good stuff, the real stuff, tonkotsu.
2: Oh, that's that's a great answer. And then finally, what is your stance on 1983's sci-fi fantasy film Kroll?
3: I have no feelings whatsoever having you, to do with that. She's probably
2: never seen it. She doesn't even know what I'm talking about, does she? <laughs> probably. Kim, like have you like ever heard element. of? 19- <laughs> <laughs> I like this Element. It just came out ten years later. No big deal, you know. Uh, ha- Kim, have you ever heard of 1983's sci-fi fantasy film, Crawl?
3: No, I have not. Fantastic!
2: Was- You're invited to the watch party. Oh, <laughs> <great>. <laughs> Come on.
3: Yes. He's busy they- watching Ducktales. That was probably. You know. uh,
2: <laughs> it. Yes, it ha- it does feature a young Liam Neeson, a young Robbie Coltrane before he was Hagrid. It features oh. uh it features a number of very famous British actors uh, and it is wonderful 80s camp with secret hidden potential as films go. Cannot wait for you to watch it with us okay. when we have a watch party this summer. All right. All right. Let's do it. Wow. fantastic great and that was our like kim you did great that was our lightning round <laughs> Thank you
4: survived. You yes. <laughs> uh,
0: i mean you can know that everyone survives because matt survived his too so. <laughs> you made him do that but man all right so folks again this is all i mean this is the nice thing is you know this is going to finish there are still three weeks left it's 97 done um not only the you know is this Awesome, it has the DCR stamp of approval. But Kim has also worked with Tracy and Laura Hickman, they've been on the show before. You know, they do a great product. Um, you know, if you've read Tracy's book, you know, the Dragonlance series, you've seen any of that material. If you've played Ravenloft, yep, that's right. Laura's responsible for that too. Um, <laughs> especially Strahd. Um,
3: I kind of want a Tasselhoff character. Oh, that would be, I awesome.
0: don't blame you. Yeah, I love Tess. Um, you can have lots of fun with this, this this game because it's animals. You can have fun. You can suspend your disbelief. You can make it whatever you want. And am can live in those little horses, which <laughs> is even better. Because, um, I mean, when you play D&D, if you're playing a dwarf, you always have to have a Scottish one. But, you know. Right. Yeah. But this you can do whatever you want. You can have a squirrely squirrel um mm-hmm. uh, he could be nuts about nuts that's that's just perfect uh oh man ooh, a rogue squirrel ooh. i think every squirrel's a rogue
3: <laughs> throwing the nut as a distraction i like it uh-huh yeah yeah, yeah. Uh-huh.
0: but i mean that's that's the fun of this system you can have mm-hmm. that create things yeah. uh, there's lots of material out there if you don't have ideas you can jump on to most disney shows anything from dreamworks or Pixar, you, you name it. Um, so go out there as a fan of the show, as a fan of role-playing go f- help, uh, fund this, get this over the, the small bump that it needs. Cause a lot of people have already backed it. And the great thing is, is you only have to wait till next April. You're not going to be waiting years for this. It's just next April. It'll be in your hands and you can start playing and maybe, Maybe we can convince Kim that we'll play a game and throw some video, but that'd be lots of fun. Um, We can get Matt and Alton and Krebs and I, and who knows who else in this and have some squirrely fun.
3: That sounds amazing.
0: So uh, go to Kickstarter. It's Fur Haven. Uh, We'll include the links also in the details of the show. So it's easy to get to and definitely make this happen because I mean, honestly, I want to see it happen more than anything. And you get minis to print with it. Come on. You you go out and buy a, a Dungeons & Dragons book. You're not getting any minis. You got to go buy those separate. So this is going to be awesome. So with that said, folks, we're out of here.
1: And dungeon crawlers, tell your story, whatever may come.
2: And whether you play Fur Haven in the rated G Robin Hood world of Disney, or you take it all the way to the Witcher and you toss a few coins, always remember to be epic and don't suck. Remember, the Force will be with you. Always.